are the mystery history podcast i'm allison i'm rachel welcome to episode 79 on ohio state reformatory which we visited pretty recently yeah was that like last weekend yeah that's pretty recent <laughs> it was yeah very so, recent <laughs> so we thought we would um we've shared the pictures of everything that that we saw um and we thought we would tell you more about the history of this monstrosity establishment yes but <laughs> before we get into that we've got a few business things to talk about um and first off i'm coming down with some sort of cold so my voice is not great yeah i've been sick for a week so. yeah <laughs> but we're still hey we're still we're here tripping through <laughs> we're drooping through yeah things we're gonna probably be low energy on this one a little bit but yeah you know, we're trying. <laughs> um, so like always, like, share, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. We actually got two five-star reviews. Do you want to tell, yeah. tell the people about them? Yeah, we got one five-star review from Explode504, and they left a comment and said, outstanding podcast and just outright entertaining. Love the banter between the hosts. And then another five-star review from Sarah 1016 that says, amazing. Rachel and Allie are the best. It feels like I'm having a conversation with my best friends. Love that. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. It means a lot to us and it's super an easy way to, um, you know, boost our ratings by getting those five-star reviews and letting us move up the, the list um mm-hmm. we did a t-shirt giveaway we did do a t-shirt giveaway and we did get a lot of people um you know doing the the little tasks that we had participation yes so thank you everybody who participated we really appreciate that uh we did have a winner jmason.photography um won a shirt we have ordered that shirt. It is on its way to us. As soon as we get it, I'm going to throw in some stickers and then send it out to you. Um, so that should be coming probably within the week, I would say. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, and then do you want to tell them about our Patreon? Yeah, we have a $2 tier and a $5 tier on Patreon. And we have a ton of episodes out there just waiting for you guys to go listen. So many things that we um, just couldn't make these longer episodes about. So they're a little bit shorter most of the time, but still great. So um, we're still doing the special. We still got stickers and we're still writing love letters. So if you join, um, we'll send you a love letter with some stickers to thank you. Yep. I just (laughs) sent out a love letter. Um, to our to Lisa, our last Patreon that joined, she got some good stickers and a, and a love letter. So um, mm-hmm. hopefully she received those. I sent those out early last week, so she should be getting yeah. those. Um, and I love writing notes. So yeah. so let's uh, right. join our Patreon and I'll write you a little letter. That's right. Let's do it. All right. Well, do you have anything else to uh, talk about business wise? 
I don't think so on the business side. So okay. let's talk about Ohio State Reformatory. Yes. Let's go ahead. Go ahead and get us started on this business. All right. So the Ohio State Reformatory was designed by Cleveland architect Levi Schofield. Um, He designed a beautiful limestone building, and it's located in Mansfield, Ohio. He used Victorian Gothic, Richardsonian, Romanesque, and Queen Anne architectural styles. This was used to encourage inmates to become reborn back into their spiritual lives. That's interesting. That is. I didn't know that, like, I mean, I've heard of, like, feng shui. Yeah. But, like, this is, like, on a big scale feng shui. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and it's like church like a church situation right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can see all of that like when you look at the building when you're there I mean oh, you yeah. can see that and you can see the intent of the architecture there that's interesting should have should have done this before we went <laughs> yeah it looks like a, it takes your breath away almost like how gorgeous yeah, it is it is it's so pretty like for being yeah, and when you like walk up on it, it doesn't look like a jail at all. Like mm-hmm. it, you don't see where any of the cells would be. It just looks like maybe I don't know, just like a big school building or something. You know, there's nowhere that is clearly like where the cells would be housed when you're just looking at the building. Yep, it's interesting. So FF Schneitzer was a well-known architect who built the structure. The front, using the Romanesque style, gave it a castle-like appearance. Schneitzer's name appears on the cornerstone and is recorded as superintendent and supervising architect on historical documents of the prison. Yes. So this, so the notes I did, it kind of went in, you know, in order as to the dates. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's how I like to, to do it. Um, Order. So there's, there was some, some conflicting things I just want to kind of touch on before we get into it. So they didn't start admitting like actual inmates into the prison until 1896. However, you're going to hear us talking about times before then. Um, And they used inmates to help build the prison. So while the first inmates weren't really inducted into until 1896, there were prisoners who were staying there to help build the facility. Okay. So I wanted you to know that because in, in 1849, which is way before 1896, um, prisoners were working on the prison and a cholera epidemic struck and it actually killed 121 people of the 423 inmates who were working there. Oh my gosh. That's That's like one fourth of everybody that was there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's going to be those little, um, tragedies that were kind of peppered into, the rest of this as to um, terrible things that kind of happened there. Um, so the, the final cost of the original penitentiary was $93,370. That's it. <laughs> I know like that's pretty, uh, but that was in 1800 money, <laughs> 1900 almost. I wonder what that equates out to. That still yeah. feels like a steal. <laughs> yeah, really? Well, because they had labor of inmates of 1,113,462 days of inmate labor. Oh, now, wow. now that many days of labor only estimated at a cost of 78,428 bucks. That's they were it. probably getting like a dime 
or like <laughs> something per yeah, hour. Nothing. Yeah. The construction took 10 years to complete. Um, and in 1896, like we kind of talked about, it admitted its first inmates um, of the completed prison, which is a group of 150 offenders. Most of those inmates were transferred to Mansfield from Columbus by train and put to work on the prison sewer system and the 25 foot stone wall that surrounds the complex. Out of those 150 people um, received in during the first five years, 82 of them were pardoned and 11 died. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. How bad would it suck to be, I mean, to be in prison period, but then like you show up and they're like, you're going to work on the sewer system. Yeah. Not a job <laughs> like, I would like. No, thank you. Yeah. Just- like put me somewhere else. Can I be like in the yeah. kitchen with food or something? <laughs> right. I'm going to pass on that sewer situation. <laughs> The, the first man executed by hanging was Valentine Wagner for cold-blooded murder of his brother-in-law, Daniel Sheehan, in Morrow County. Hanging was the mode of execution in Ohio until 1896, when the electric chair was added. 28 more men were hung between 1885 and 1896. Yep. So that was... So they're just, like, hanging people out there before they're even, like, proper prisoned. Uh-huh. Correct. Yes. Hmm. Before the prison was built, the grounds were used as a training camp for Civil War soldiers named Camp Mordecai Bartley. Mordecai is like one of my favorite words. I love that word too, but doesn't it have like dark connotations? Like it makes me feel like it? every time I think of it, I think of Johnny Depp. Oh, okay. Because he, he was Mordecai in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in uh, in honor of the Mansfield man who served as governor in the 1840s. So that's why it was named Mordecai, Mordecai Morde- Bartley. It's a good name. I it like it. Name. Yep. When was the Civil War? Like a long time ago. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Yep. Don't need to know the answer to that. Yeah, I'm not historical. <laughs> i don't even have do you know how bad i am and i know you're the same as me i don't even have like a a thought right now on like what 100 year time frame that occurred in (laughs) i don't know why i don't know why i can't think right now it was before 1896 check that's my guess (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think I'm just medicated or something. Like, yeah. Eh. Um, all right. So the first man who was electrocuted at Ohio State Reformatory was Willie Haas in um, April on April 21st, 1897. Initially, the reformatory was called the Intermediate Penitentiary until 1891 when it was changed to Ohio State Reformatory and accepted inmates who were too old for juvie but had committed minor offenses. The goal of the institution was to reform and rehabilitate its inmates during their time. They would receive a religion, and they would receive a religion. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like, here's, here's your religion. Uh-huh. <laughs> An education and a trade. Inmates were admitted for 18 months, and if they showed progress, they would be released. If they had not shown progress at that time, they would be held for another 18 months. Ohio State Reformatory had a high success rate, and the inmates would rarely reoffend. Yeah. 
yeah oh, and- almost like reform works if you put in the the time and energy right if you do it the right way and they have like an end in sight you know what i mean like a goal to work yeah. toward but the problem with these juvie people who committed minor offenses is they were right next to the killers and like the rapists and like all of that stuff so that was not great oh so i read oh okay i was reading that as like that was the only kind of inmates they Mm-mm. So accepted. they threw them into the lion's den with Ooh. God knows who. Yeah. yeah. In April 21st, I'm sorry, on April 21st, 1930, a fire broke out um, at 5.35 p.m. on the topmost tier of a six-deck cell block. Oh, no. Yeah. And we've been, you know, you've seen this cell block. and. Yeah. It's sketchy. It was sketchy then. It was sketchy then, I'm sure. I mean, like forever. Yeah. So before the fire was brought under control, 322 of the 5,191 inmates were either burnt or suffocated to death. So awful. Yeah, because you can't do anything. You're just kind of stuck, you know, like you can't get out. Um, no, and even if you could, I feel like there would still be like such a high number of tragedy with the way that those that cell block is like built, and it's so close together. I mean, uh, it would yeah. just be yeah. wildfire, um, yeah, pandemonium. Yep. So the fire was started by an inmate or inmates who were trying to escape. Per old records, a candle was placed in a pan of oil, and that's what started the fire. It was used as a timing device for a planned escape. It was supposed to ignite when the men were at their evening meal, but due to the wind, it did not successfully ignite until after all of the men had returned back to their cells and were locked up. Starting oh, no. In, yeah. So starting in the north end of the big block or L block, as it's known today, it swept southward towards I and K blocks, which were being remodeled and converted to concrete construction. So there was a bunch of like treated lumber and like all kinds of construction materials. And of course that just like caught Mm -hmm. like crazy. Um, And it filled the entire building, which also contained G and H blocks. That's tragic. Yeah. That's insane. How bad because you were trying to like escape and then you just murdered a lot of murdered people. everybody. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that's awful. Some inmates showed great heroism and some were pardoned by the governor for their actions. Uh, yeah, nine so- days. Yeah. So there's silver a, there's lining, a I guess. Yeah. Nine days after the fire, prison officials transferred 600 inmates out of the burnt part of Ohio State Reformatory, and they were transferred to the London, Ohio prison farm. What's a a prison farm? The farm that's on a, or prison on a farm where they take care of cows and stuff. That's the kind, I think that's the kind of prison I would like to go to. They say that like inmates. Hanging out with goats. Yeah. Like they have to take care of something like that. It really helps in their yeah, you humanity. See the, like, see, like the dog training stuff where yeah. they, um, yeah, are like helping train dogs for what is that called? Where they get given to people to like, like uh, emotional their, support dogs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, what, what is that called? Yeah. That's, I think that's nice. 
Yeah, that would be fulfilling for sure. Mm-hmm. Something to pass the mm-hmm. day. From 1935 until 1959, Arthur Lewis Glatke was the superintendent who was respected by professionals and inmates from his work he did on Martin Davies' campaign, who was the 53rd Democratic governor of Ohio. He implemented many reforms, such as piped-in radio music and the cell blocks. That'd be my man. Yeah, he sounds like an all right guy. Uh-huh. Yep. In November 1950, Gladkey's wife, Helen, was reaching for a jewelry box in the family quarters on the property when her husband's handgun discharged and shot her. What the F? Yeah. Um, That's sketch. What? Yeah. What? She, yes. She died three days later of pneumonia. And then Gladkey died following a heart attack he suffered in his office on February 10th, 1959. So, so the important like 10 years later. Yeah. So, I mean, he was fine with her dying, I guess. Um, <laughs> fine. I, I don't know about that. He just didn't immediately die afterwards. I think. It's well, so there is there is like a rumor that she was cheating on him or something like that. And he shot her but well, you know none of this something happened because like guns I mean, don't just go off when what she was reaching for a jewelry box yeah and bumped his handgun i could get if it was a shotgun maybe and it was loaded the moral of the story your gun should never be loaded and sitting around yeah, yeah. always clear it first and then yeah so there's talk Bumps that don't like, make guns go off no no (laughs) i mean it's happened before but it's just a little suspicious and something that we haven't talked about is that all of the wardens and their families lived on the property so there was a warden's quarters uh some of the guards families lived there it was like it was their own little compound and that's where Mm -hmm. they stayed with all of their family so um we got to tour the quarters it's pretty spacious pretty Mm -hmm. nice um yeah bathroom situations good so yeah it was um yeah but i mean it would have especially like for kids i don't know what a weird place to grow up like that'd be strange i feel like it's separated enough though to where maybe the kids didn't even realize that it was attacked because it's kind of separate it is separate but But, like have you ever met a kid yeah they they don't stay over there they're not gonna stay over there yeah like i'm gonna go see what's over here right i don't know so that's a thing to know also indeed all right so on friday october 31st 1952 halloween halloween that's what's up inmates started a riot after they were served their evening meal After a session of dish throwing, 2,400 inmates poured into the courtyard and began burning buildings. They completely burned out the Catholic chapel personnel building, which contained the commissary, deputy warden's office, and record room, and the storage building, and prison laundry. Well, like, why would you burn the commissary? I know, right? That's all the food. I was thinking that's the good stuff. Snacks, right? Don't burn it. (laughs) Pillage, and and the laundry. Like, think about what you're doing here, people. You need need these things, right? They (laughs) weren't thinking. Yourself uncomfortable. Twenty four hundred inmates. That would be terrifying to like see. Yeah, and just think if you your family 
was in is the there. warden's quarters. Like, no thanks. Yeah, no, that, that would be not good. Mm-hmm. In, so this is one of the famous stories of people that haunt the prison. So in 1960, James Lockhart stole a bottle of Verisol from the prison furniture shop, like paint thinner, essentially. Back in his cell, which is cell number 13, he poured it all over his head and lit a match. Guards only know it was happening when the inmate in number 14 screamed as flames were coming into his cell. He scooped water out of the sink to stop from getting burns. The guards could do nothing but watch as the fire burn itself out. Yikes. That's yeah. insane. They say the fire burned itself out. They mean his his body. Yeah, apparently they had to scrape him up off the floor because his skin was stuck like melted the floor mm-hmm. that is so terrible oh my gosh i can't even imagine how long that would take to oh yeah yeah Ugh. and to be that inmate in number 14 like mm-hmm. oh yeah like yeah. that'd be awful those cells are tiny they are very like, small. tiny so yeah you're what like no no feet away basically yeah. on top of this other person yeah, you'd have to be right all up in the corner, just hoping and praying that it wouldn't pass over to your cell or your bedding mm-hmm. wouldn't catch fire or any, I mean, anything. Yeah. It's weird that they don't like in that situation, wouldn't you think they would like let the people in the nearby cells out? You would think unless it was burning so hot that they couldn't get the door open. I mean, if it yeah. was spreading so i don't know i don't know but it, i don't know either but this one was in ghost adventures and um, whenever they went there and actually dj i forget his last name but he was actually the prisoner in that cell next to him and he's super pissed at james lockhart because he almost died just from smoke you know just from the yeah. smoke burning not even getting burnt itself but yeah um, inhalation yeah so that was really interesting but that's supposed to be a super haunted um cell is is that cell 13 where he burnt himself and how bad did things have to be i feel like burning to death is like oh such a terrible one, way to go and, yeah i yeah. would rather go any other way pretty much that does not it just doesn't seem like that would be quick enough. No. <laughs> and it would be so painful. I couldn't even imagine. That cell was not in the block that we were in, though, right? No, I've been to that cell. Have um, you? Yeah, because whenever we went this last time, just for people listening, whenever I went the first time, it was just a random I think it was like March or something like that so they didn't have anything going on whenever we went this last time since it's Halloween they have blood prison going on which actually prevents access to a lot of like the key places that you want to go like the bottom of the cells um, you know on Mm -hmm. whenever I went the last time you could go to different tiers Um, you could go in the shower room all that stuff was blocked off so We'll have to go back again whenever we can go access like solitary and and different places because they only let you go through one tier and it was just a circle and then you had to come back out. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll go back. 
That sounds good. I do yeah. want to see like the bottom and mm-hmm. like all of that. That looks like that would be cool. Yeah. All right. So June 24th, 1968 at 8am, the fire sirens went off throughout every building inside the walls. Most of the 2,300 confined inmates started to riot and burn buildings. So this is like a thing. They just love burning shit to the ground. How'd they get out? I don't know. So the fire sirens went off and then they just lost their minds. I think, well, I think the fire sirens went off because they were burning buildings. Oh, okay. I was going to say, did the fire sirens start going off and then they were like, oh my God, burn it down. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's a lot. The planning mill was burned to the ground. The deputy warden's office again. Yeah. <laughs> and James Hospital were damaged by fire. The commissary was burned. What again, are they doing? I don't know. The snacks. Got to save the, the audit- snacks. Right. The auditorium was heavily damaged by fire and smoke. Almost every office inside the walls sustained some kind of damage. What didn't burn, the inmates broke, including adding machines, typewriters, knobs on machine shop machines, furniture, desks, all totaling one million in damages. Dang. Yeah. So they've got like a riot problem at this prison. I know. It just they can't get enough of burning shit to the ground i mean what well it's with that many people that's not really surprising but like isn't two right prison riots kind of a lot for like the time span that those two occurred in like that seems like maybe they need to reevaluate their uh situation prison Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yep yeah so um august 20th 1968 Inmates confined to close security cell blocks overpowered their guards, took them hostages, and rioted. Two of the hostages. That's two months later. Yeah. They love violence. (laughs) (laughs) You don't say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So two of the hostages were released after they became sick. That'd be me. I'd be shit in my pants yeah i got diarrhea (laughs) you gotta let me out of here and it's just from stress guaranteed this girl go yeah yeah that would be your advantage yeah (laughs) the ohio national guard ohio highway patrol the columbus police and penitentiary personnel all had to work together to talk the inmates into releasing the main remaining hostages so they had everybody helping yeah after 30 hours of negotiation negotiations between penile officials penile ill and <laughs> and riot leaders the national guard blasted holes in the roof and the front wall of the cell blocks where the guards were locked in cells on the upper tiers uniformed officers stormed through the gaping holes and successfully stopped the riot and saved the hostages oh so they never released the hostages we just went in and got them Yes. And this is also a funny part. So at the end of the riot, five people had died. All of them just happened to be inmates. Hmm. (laughs) That Hmm. is funny, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. After the riot, Ohio uh, Highway Patrol Major Harold J. Cardwell was appointed the 39th warden of the Ohio Penitentiary. Now that it had a 10 foot gaping hole in the front wall from the blast and the riot. So it's like, (laughs) 
hey, you got a fucked up building, but now you're the new warden. Congratulations. Congrats, Major Harold. <laughs> yeah, enjoy. Yeah, we've had two riots in the last two months. <laughs> Just enjoy. Like, enjoy the ride. Seems like a job I would not want. No. He was he, he was warden for three years and led with a firm but fair hand and a sense of calm swarmed over Ohio State Reformatory. So that's good. Yeah. Sounds like they needed that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now let's during the, yeah, this crazy this shit is crazy. Really? Yeah. Talk during about the it. during the 1969 Ohio State Fair in Columbus, the warden made arrangements to let 150 honored dorm inmates visit the fair, something that hadn't been done in the 137 year history. You don't say. Yeah. There's probably a reason why it don't be done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were transported by bus so that's like an hour drive right Mm -hmm. they were transported by bus loads of 50 at a time and told they were allowed to visit any of the displays without guards they were allowed they were they could just Mm -hmm. go do whatever they wanted they'll be free Mm -hmm. okay most inmates split off into groups and returned to the bus at the specified time but some had a hard time with being out one inmate was lost and turned himself into the highway patrol station on the fairgrounds and asked to be returned to the bus. One inmate who hadn't been outside the walls in 25 years was amazed at the rise in prices since he was last out. All of the inmates were brought back without issue. Isn't that shock? Like that shocked me. Yeah. Not, nobody tried to these, run. Yeah. Out of all these riots and everything, you couldn't, you couldn't have gotten one bad apple that ruined it for in the there. bunch like yeah, that's and, amazing and two have you i wonder if the um ohio state fairgrounds are at the same place or not because you know i would like bartend sometimes for like the fairgrounds uh-huh. and like how easy yeah. it would be to like get out of there mm-hmm. just be it's ghost. so big yeah it's so big you could totally sneak off and nobody mm-hmm. tried that well, and I don't know how you would feel like as a patron to the Ohio State Fair, like knowing there's 150 inmates just like running around yeah, around you while you're trying to have a good time with your family. Like that's kind of profiling, but I mean, they're in jail well, or they're in prison. Yeah. I mean, for a reason. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure they didn't let that get out too far that there was just and yeah. it's running amok yeah so i can't believe they all came back without issue because of this they were allowed to visit the 1970 and 1971 ohio state fair and not a single incident was recorded that's nice nuts. that is i like for it. them yeah that's yep. cool so since 1878 there has been 48 separate stories of prison breaks that were attempted at ohio oh, state reformatory yeah. how how I don't too. know. In I, those blocks like that, that is weird. Yeah. Um, so according to the dispatch reports, the first open break occurred November 3rd, 1908, um, when Walter Edward Wright, convicted burglar, went over the wall using a pull and rope he made of bedclothes. Since then, other prisoners have tried going over the wall but never made it. They were found hiding inside the prison walls they couldn't figure out how to get out yeah on november 8th 1926 
uh, came possibly the most sensational of the mad breaks for brief per, uh, freedom. 13 desperate long-term convicts of Co-K, known as the Red Shirt Company, timed their plans to correspond with the prison visiting hours. Um, they felled two guards, dashed to the prison gate, being opened as visitors entered the yard. The 13 <gasps> clubbed, knifed, and shot their way into administrative offices, stabbing one guard and hitting the warden's secretary over the head with a chair. Yikes. With additional weapons seized there, they went on to freedom. They were ultimately rounded up in Georgeville, a southwestern suburb of Columbus and Franklin County. Two of John Dillinger's henchmen, Charles Makeley and Harry Pierpoint, attempted to bluff their way out on September 22, 1934, with fake pistols. They tried to force their way past six guards just 100 feet from the death row cells they occupied, but it didn't work. Um, Makeley died from the guards' bullets, and Pierpoint died in the electric chair. So they called their bluff. Yeah, they did. The last major break at the Ohio Penitentiary was in May 1952, when nine men saw their way out of the dormitory. Seven were caught shortly after the escape. But I don't know what happened well, to the what others. What happened to the other two? I don't know. It's a mystery. Huh. It just, that seems crazy to think about people. I mean, I guess they don't necessarily escape from their cell. Yeah. But like to think of people escaping from those cells, like is kind of mind boggling, like how you would even go about that. Mm -hmm. By the 1970s, the prison had become a maximum security facility, which meant prisoners were kept in their eight feet by five foot cells most of the day. I would go insane. Yeah. For Crazy. sure. Mm hmm. Ohio State Reformatory remained in full operation until December 1990 when it was closed by a federal court order as the result of a prisoner's class action suit citing overcrowding and inhumane conditions. District Judge Frank J. Batisi of the United States Court for the Northern District of Ohio ordered the prison to be closed by the end of December 1986. The order was known as the Boyd Consent Decree. The closing date was then moved to 1990 due to delays in constructing the replacement facility, the Mansfield Correctional Institute, which stands to the west of the old prison. You can see that prison from some of the windows in Ohio State Reformatory. The last prisoner was transferred on December 31st, 1990, and the doors were closed. Yep. Dang, they were cutting right up to that deadline weren't they uh-huh well and how weird would it be to be the last prisoner like nobody else was around <laughs> you oh, were the that'd... only person <laughs> i would be scared yeah yeah because it would be i'm sure like it's so loud in those cell blocks with all the tears and everything it would just be uh -huh. like silent Ugh. yeah no so the building sat empty for several years, uh, but it was used as the backdrop for the Shawshank Redemption in 1993. So they filmed there from June to August of 1993. Um, there's some other films that were filmed or partially filmed there too, like My Favorite, My Boyfriend, Sylvester Stallone, Tango and Cash, the <laughs> best. If you haven't seen Tango and Cash, please go watch it right now. I so haven't good. seen Tango and Cash. I can't talk to you. 
I can't. I don't think I have. How come you, we haven't watched that together? So, and you get to see Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone's butts. Ooh, I love Kurt Russell. His butt. They're both of their butts. They have nice butts. Nice butts? All nice right. Faces. Well, I guess we'll have like a date day soon. Yeah. Because I have not seen that either. Oh, it's so good. It's such, it's so good. <laughs> I love it. Okay. But anyway, moving on. Most of the, I was thinking about butts. <laughs> thinking about butts. <laughs> <laughs> see it in your eyes <laughs> uh, most of the grounds and support buildings including the outer wall were demolished since the closing in 1995 the mansfield reformatory preservation society was formed they have turned the prison into a museum and conduct tours to help fund rehabilitation projects and are currently working to stabilize the building against further deterioration so like whenever we were there you know there's a lot of work to be done I mean, part of that, like, like all the paint and stuff mm-hmm. is like peeling off of everything. It yeah. looks like it's falling apart, but like, that's part of the appeal, right? I mean, what are they going to do? They don't, I, it wouldn't have the same allure if everything was perfect. And like, yeah, I don't want to see that place restored. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to see it restored. It's that would be like lame. Yeah. But I'm sure like, that there's things that they need to do to make sure it's structurally sound yeah yep yeah that makes sense um the east cell block remains the largest freestanding steel cell block in the world at six tiers high is that what we were on yeah we were on the sixth tier that i almost had a heart attack when we like first walked out onto that because it you go from like the the church area Uh And you just go through a door and you go down three steps and all of a sudden you're on the highest tier of the cell block. I didn't even actually like fully realize that we were up that high Yeah. to begin with, like in terms of where the ground was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I didn't realize we were on, you know, that many floors up anyways. And then, yeah, when you step out, like you can see through the grading, you can see the ground, like six stories below you and nothing feels safe like super secure yeah no, <laughs> like, we, we even in the cement when we were turning that corner there was a freaking hole in the cement and I'm like yeah mm, no don't no. step on that I took a picture of that we can post it yeah because or a video I don't I think I was actually part of one of the videos I was taking but yeah I mean it's that was like a straight hole yeah. like yes I mean, if somebody steps secure, on that, but I'm not going to be the one to test it. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to be the one I'm to test heavy. it either. And those bars, like the, so like when you're walking the, what is that called? Like the, where the walkway is like, like the catwalk. Yeah. Yeah. Those bars that were like there. Cause you know, when you're walking on that catwalk, it's like just enough room for your singular body. Mm-hmm. It feels like if somebody like pushed you hard enough, you'd probably take the bars out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. yeah. Just, well, they were all rusty and like they're questionable. You know, I would looking. not want to be pushed up against those bars. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying like, it seems really strange to me that anybody could break out of there because like where, mm-hmm. like if you're in an actual building, okay, you can like dig into the walls, but like, were there even walls on that? I mean, it seems like no. if you dug into the wall, you would be going out the back end of another cell. Mm-hmm. cell. Yeah. And there's yeah. like nowhere to go. Well, in, in the other block, we didn't get to go to that block, 
but that one didn't have it's I don't think it has six tiers I think it has four but still if you fell off you would die like mm-hmm. and that the the um bars don't go all the way up they only go halfway up so if you were pushed you would just flip right over that and be dead like that's crazy yeah yes Well, I should finish where I was at because I got distracted. Uh Um, So the prison cemetery has over 200 bodies buried there of people who have died at Ohio State Reformatory, but were not claimed. That's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. That's sad. That is. In 2000, the Mansfield Reformatory Preservation Society purchased the property for a dollar. Yep. And is currently working to restore the facility to its original state. Don't do that. (laughs) restorations to date include the removal of debris replacement of roofing complete restoration of the warden's quarters as well as the complete restoration of the central guard room between the east and west cell blocks so that's fair because i'm pretty sure they already had like the warden stuff almost all the way restored right if not completely yeah i think maybe some painting stuff but they you could see like the saws and stuff like that where they were like working on Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. so i just think do you remember that room i mean i know you do the one that had the chair sitting in it Mm -hmm. and it was like this is the most paranormal room over here or whatever like how lame would that room be if they like redid fixed it it? yeah (laughs) yeah i agree (laughs) i agree it was so creepy and like very cool. So like they should definitely keep that. I'm sure um, they will. I think so too. The restorations are being funded through donations and tour fees. The windows of the South side East cell block have been replaced and all of the original stained glass windows that were in the building are planned to be replaced throughout the Halloween season. The building hosts the haunted house blood prison. Yes. They're replacing all the stained glass windows. Well, I think they're just like fixing, fixing them. them. Yeah. Cause they, the ones that are there, are gorgeous. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. So I would assume they're just fixing. Um, or like if there's a piece that's broken, yeah, just fixing that. Okay. So um, Ohio State Reformatory offers self guided tours, Hollywood tour. So you can like see all the things from Shawshank. Beyond the Bars, which talks more about like the prisoners and a self-guided, oh, I already said that, a self-guided tour. That's the one that we took. They do have these Mm -hmm. little thingies that you can take and there's different numbers and it'll read you a story. I made the mistake of telling us not to get those because last time mine didn't work. Rachel was pissed. Yeah. She, yeah. You were not happy. Next time. Yeah, next that'll time. be that'll be better anyways next time because then I wouldn't want to do, do it thing. twice. Yeah, we do yeah. all of it at once. So that's fair. But there's like like, yeah, like, oh, this is the most paranormal room in this place. Why? It doesn't tell you. And no. if you don't have the stupid wand, you don't get to know. <laughs> so I'm sure it's haunted by a prisoner. Get the wand, you guys <laughs> get the wand and look for Groupons. Because oh, yeah. we saved a lot of money. Um, we did. The person in front of us said they had a Groupon, and we were like, "Hold on." I know. And I was. I turned right around and I was like, "Get out of line." Yeah. <laughs> so it was like half the price. Um, there are nineteen bucks for a self-guided yeah. tour. I mean, it's not like crazy, but um, right. But we on a budget, you know. There's a coupon mm-hmm. out there. I'm gonna use it. That's right. 
They also offer ghost tours like during the day, or you can do like a stay overnight. Um, and they have private ghost tours. I would not, I don't know. I would be afraid I'd fall off the freaking edge of something uh you, in the night. You like you like stay the night. Yeah. Like, do you sleep there? Where do you sleep there? Probably in the um warden's quarters or in that um like that intake room Uh uh-huh yep so Mm -mm. so this is something exciting that um one somebody that i know actually has been was incarcerated at ohio state reformatory and he was gracious enough to let us send him a list of questions and he answered them and so we're going to play that for you now some of it, it's kind of maybe a little bit hard to hear. He did a voice recording so we could play it. Um, so we really appreciate him. And this is his experience that he had at Ohio State Reformatory. Um, Ohio State Reformatory in 1981. I left there in 82. There nine months. Uh, convicted of aggravated assault and aggravated robbery. 16 years old. What were the conditions like? Uh, violent, nasty, dirty. Brutal. Um, those are day like a prison. Um, violent, brutal. Uh, given uh, bug dust, soap, blanket pillow. That's it. Socks, socks and underwear. No, there was no rehabilitation programs there. Did you? Participate in them? No, was none. Did you spend any time in the hole? Yes, I did. Uh, for stabbing people, two guys while I was there. Did you make friends while you were there? No, I did not. Spent enough time in the yard of work. Um, once you established yourself, you was fine. Um, if you let somebody take advantage of you, then you get what you get. If you show the weakness you got. Weakness you show. Uh, you're a coward, they're going to take full advantage of you. How was uh, Food sucked. Fucking pigeons and hey, it was bad. Uh, the commissary was uh, pretty interesting to go to. If you can call it the gauntlet, if you can make it back to your cell with your, your commissary, you, you was doing good. I went from there to Lebanon Correctional and nine months later. Okay. Well, there it was. We really appreciate him for, for doing that for us. Yeah, we do. Thank you. And it's, it's cool, you know, cause everybody, it's one thing to go visit, but then to have somebody who'd been there whenever it was a prison and was living mm-hmm. the life and doing all that stuff and seeing the, the horrible things that you see, um, definitely puts it into perspective. So yeah, we, for sure. We appreciate him sharing those things. So yeah, we do. So do you have anything else in regards to Ohio State Reformatory? I no, I don't think so. Just if you guys, any of you get a chance to go, definitely recommend. It's really cool to see. Um and yeah, definitely 10 out of 10 recommend going for a visit if you get a chance. Yep. Yeah, it's just it's we didn't 
have anything paranormal happen to us, but it was more, mm-hmm. we were interested in the history and just the building, the architecture is gorgeous. So yeah. Yeah. I tried, I was like sticking my hand into every cell block that we passed and like waiting for something to grab. <laughs> yeah. It didn't happen. <laughs> I feel like if you go at night and you're not with a bunch of people, cause it was pretty busy. I just, the, the thought of being there at night is giving me like panicky feelings. So yeah. I'm going to say that, yeah, you probably would experience something there at night, yeah. but like saying like, just you saying it and I'm like, huh? like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Oh, we're probably going to have to do that now. Oh, are we? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, to cite our sources, um, I went to ohiomagazine.com and mrps.org. That is the, the mrps.org is the official page of Ohio State Reformatory. Uh, So you can look up tours, you can look up uh, history, all kinds of stuff is on that webpage. So we hope- Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed episode 79, Ohio State Reformatory. Uh, We had a good time visiting and maybe we could get a group to do a overnight tour. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you'll feel better about that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking about being there by myself or with just you. (laughs) Hey, I am very authoritative. Okay. These ghosts aren't going to mess with me. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we hope you guys have a good week and we will see you next time. Bye guys. Bye.